Welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by V, Mink and Lenka from the Exposure Ninja PPC team. We wanted to do an episode all about how long PPC takes and how you can speed it up. Because one of the misconceptions about Google Ads is that as soon as you put money into the Google slot machine, out pours the riches. Well, actually what we've seen, and we ran a study recently inside Exposure Ninja, is that the more you optimize the campaign and the more data you give a campaign the better your results are and that this isn't just a one month process it's not a two month process it's not even a six month process we noticed that cost per acquisition which is our primary benchmark here at Exposure Ninja was still falling nine months and longer into a campaign so we've put the data together and we wanted to share it in a podcast and a video as well. So if you want to uh, watch along, then you've got the video version on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel, which you can find just by searching Exposure Ninja on YouTube. So without further ado, enjoy the show with V, Mink and Lenka from Exposure Ninja, all about how long does PPC take and how do I speed up the ROI? Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm Lenka, I'm PPC specialist here in Exposure Ninja. Hi, I'm Mink. I am also a PPC specialist at Exposure Ninja. Hi, I'm V, and I'm a PPC specialist at Exposure Ninja. So Ladies, Google Ads, the premise is really simple. I'm just going to give you some money. You're going to work your magic. And within a few minutes, all of my ads are going to be at the top of Google. I'm going to be generating loads of traffic and just laughing all, my, all the way to the bank. <laughs> simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, having run and analyzed hundreds, if not thousands of Google Ad campaigns at EN, we know that there is no faster way to unload cash than to run a Google ad campaign without proper optimization and without any kind of monthly oversight, I guess we see clients self manage their campaigns into the ground all the time, aren't they? So um, brought you all together to talk uh, about how long it takes Google ads to hit profitability. And the thing that everyone really wants to know is how do you actually speed up that time from getting the ads live to making them as profitable as they can possibly be. So I know that we've compiled some data about the speed of PPC looking at our own client campaigns and the sort of results that are possible, which we'll be sharing later on. Um, but first, how long does it take PPC to be profitable? And what are the main types of thing that need to happen in order for a PPC campaign to reach maximum profitability? Um, well, firstly, I think it kind of helps to break everything down into chunks. So the first bit would be the time required to build the actual campaign, um, then the time required for the data to come to it. And then step three would be to the time required to optimize the campaign. And then the fourth step will be to repeat step two and three until the campaign is fully tuned and brings the results that we need. Okay, that makes loads of sense for you. So we've got building and kind of researching and all that type of stuff. Then we've got an initial learning period. Then we've got a time of optimization. And then we basically just repeat that to make the campaign more and more and more efficient, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so, I mean, if you can set up Google Ads in an hour, then why isn't PPC immediate? And, and maybe if we talk about that first step that you've outlined, what's the process that we use when we're building a campaign? How can we make that first step as effective as possible so that we, we can reduce the amount of time needed to, to, to kind of optimize it? Yeah, um, I'm not sure how we how that an hour would be feasible to do <laughs> PPC. <laughs> um, it would be tricky because firstly, we would, yeah, firstly, we would need to ensure that the conversion tracking is in place and set up correctly because, you know, otherwise, what's the point? This is like the most important thing when setting up any PPC campaign as you need to be able to be able to measure your return on investment really and see where your conversions are coming from. Mm. So second, and the second one is we would need to do keyword research as well as competitor analysis to find relevant keywords or search terms that potential customers search for on search engine, you know, when they are looking for specific products and services and such. Um, this will ensure that we are capturing all the correct and relevant terms for the business. Then, um, once we have gathered all of those keywords, we would need to put them neatly into relevant campaigns and ad groups so it's easier to manage and apply different stra strategies to. Um, so once we have um, put that structure in, we would write the ad copies to make sure they correlate with the client's business. Website content, tone of voice, as well as making sure they contain you know, strong um, USPs as well as clear call to action. So just to make that ads really attractive to people. So Mink, what I'm hearing from you is you don't just open Google ad manager and just start typing away and writing your ads. This is a very structured process, isn't it? So um, yeah. if we go back to the kind of keyword research and, and competitor analysis, what types of what, what types of insight are you looking for there? Are you looking for particular groups of keyword that are going to be profitable? Or is this just casting a really broad net to see, you know, what are other people doing in this space, so that you can refine later on, if that makes sense? Yeah, so we definitely first start with like what people usually search for, and then um, see see what competitors are bidding on um, on all the ads and things just to make sure we are doing what competitors are doing and above and beyond that. Mm. Yeah, just to really compete there. But what we usually would do is to put like broad broad keywords. So we are, we don't just have like a hundred keywords targeting. So we just have like the um, good ones that will cover all of those, you know, hundreds and more um, search terms. Okay. and. But on that topic, one of the dangers with self-managed client campaigns that we've taken over is that they've just got really broad keywords and they're picking up all sorts of rubbish. So how do you get that balance? And, and this is probably an optimization thing, but how do you get that balance in the startup when you're setting up the campaign initially between just, you know, having your ads show for a whole bunch of non-relevant stuff, but making sure that we're targeting a wide enough audience that we actually get impressions on the ads? Uh, that's definitely you need to um, see when when you do analysis that are they are these informational you know if they're just looking for um let's say dog toys maybe they could be searching or dog um let's say uh, dog food they could just be searching you need mm. to make sure they are um as high purchase intent as possible that's definitely one thing you have to look at because you can just be bringing in so many um traffic that 
you know, would just be mostly looking at blog posts rather than buying something. Yeah. So that's definitely one thing you need to make sure. Got it. So even doing this competitive research and the keyword analysis and all that stuff, you're still putting everything through your filter of, is this yes. commercial? Is this going to lead to a purchase? Okay, got it. Um, all right. So th then we've got the ad campaign set up and we've done our research and we've done our, we've had a look at competitors. We've actually, before we move on, I've, I've got to ask you about like campaign structure as well. So you mentioned there that you'd 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 kind of group um, services or products into different ad groups or into different campaigns like how important is that structure in the early days of the campaign versus just you know one campaign and let's just test everything underneath that and, and see what works and go from there it just better because we have had um so many client reviews that do exactly just that one service one campaign um sometimes they have like 20 different pages and they do 20 different um campaigns which would explode their budget tremendously um and it would just be better to group that just for like collective um strategy application rather because you don't want to be spending like 20 hours a day just applying the same method to different and 20 different campaigns you want to do that collectively and do grouping allows you to um you know categorize mm -hmm. rather so you're not just like doing one-on-one -on -one. it's just categorizing and just making really targeted um um strategies and and things okay and we build all of this stuff in a spreadsheet rather than building it straight into google ads right what, yes. why do we do that why not just build it straight in it just so we um, we can get second opinions and we can look do quality check because we just import them in um, you know is there and you have it's all messy and you have to delete everything and then redo everything again put it in a spreadsheet allows you to look at it better um, manage it way better rather than just having to you know create and then you realize you should have done this and then delete everything it just yeah. way easier that way yeah, it's a lot easier uh, isn't it rather than like clicking through all the ad groups and stuff in, in google ads which is a complete nightmare yeah you can easily also see where um in case sometimes like oh well, this keyword is perhaps too similar so i could put it yeah. into this ad group or this campaign so it's, it's easier to see and organize your keywords and ad groups and campaigns definitely yeah got it cool what other optimizations are you making early on in a campaign? So one of the first and most important things is to monitor your search queries reports. This is a must. You have to um, check the quality of the campaign traffic that just to make sure that your keywords are generating um, well and bringing the most relevant traffic. And that is good for your business. Otherwise, you know, you're just spending money on just things that you shouldn't be. So another thing is called cost per click um, CPC. So how much are you paying for each click? Where on the search results page are your ads showing? Um, are you getting enough traffic? If the CPCs are too high, but not bringing a conversion, then a further analysis definitely needs to be done to see why this is the case. Um, Mick, on CPCs, so we've, I, I know we've got a client at the moment who's in a space where they're paying around about 30 pounds a click and the gut reaction for them is, oh, 30 pounds a click, <laughs> oh, that doesn't feel good. That feels awful. Um, the argument always is CPA. It doesn't matter how much you're spending per click. If you're happy with the cost per lead, then you're happy. But how do you reconcile this balance between everyone in my 
market is bidding on this one keyword and it's massively inflated the price versus do you know what actually that keyword's good value like how do you know what a decent cpc is that's an almost impossible question to answer so go for it <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so it just depends if you are um, bringing in like relevant conversion because like some of our clients we have to bid on their competitors which is like massive C cpc as well but it was bringing in some results that you know they weren't getting which is not normal um, way cheaper CPC so that's definitely you know you have to once you put it in you have to monitor and see if it's worth it you know um, what you can do is so you can put the max CPC on um, with the bidding so you can make sure it doesn't spend massively um, on it. you're not spending like 50 pound on each click or something um, but yes I think it's to justify whether you are bringing bringing good conversion from that if they are worth paying and you can also look at um you know your um, order value how much you're getting um for that um for each click and things so yeah just mostly looking at that i guess this also ties into a more a kind of broader um marketing question which is around how much should you be willing to spend to get a customer and this is going to vary from business to business but when we did the analysis of the heart groups website for example and they're offering you know 10 15 20 percent off first order and they're bidding on google shopping and it's for a low cost product you're thinking there's no way they're making money on the first sale they've got to be losing money on the first sale but they they're happy to do that because they know their average lifetime value and you know the you know average order value over however many orders happen per year so they're happy to play that game so i suppose there's a yeah. bit of a a reality check for businesses that if you're selling a you know 10 pound product and you're yeah. spending a pound per click you're going to have to have a business model that can justify losing money on sale one yeah definitely average order value like how much profit you're making from that is definitely the big one like sometimes you can be bidding on something that costs like 20 per click but your sale order is about twenty thousand, which mm. is like you know you do that all day yeah <laughs> cool what what other optimizations are we looking at? Um, the one is the time and day of the week that your ads are showing. So you see when your ads um, are most prof profitable and increase the uh, bidding or focus on those time ranges. Like And also make sure it's relevant to your business. Let's say if you have um, core extension, so you shouldn't be advertising um, your ads on like midnight because no one's going to pick up that phone call um you shouldn't do that on the weekend for instance just to really fit with your business as well as seeing where the most profitable well I, oh it's just giving me an idea if someone is if you're getting lots of conversions out of hours even though you don't work out of hours you should have an out of hours phone number because then you're going to be paying less yeah. per conversion because your competitors are going to be like now nah, we don't want this out of hours rubbish Anyway, mm -hmm. that could be a demand as well that we can look at. Like, you know, oh, do you know that people are calling you or like messaging you at this hour of hours? And then you, we can suggest to them, to the business, that maybe you should look into this service. Interesting. We actually recently have um, a client who was a plumber and he was advertising 24 7, and most of these calls were happening out of hours so like because it was so competitive during the day because he was based in london as well which is obviously one of the most competitive areas in uk um so most of these conversions were happening like at three o'clock in the morning but he was happy you know because it was like well you know i'm, I'm a new business um so 
I have to I have to take this um, risk and these phone calls and um, yeah, it was what I want to say. So yeah, sometimes you need to advertise out of hours just to be more competitive, especially yeah. if you are very new uh, or when when your account is very new, just per se, because you 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 might be in the business for years and years, but you've never advertised online. Whereas like some of the people who advertise online uh, for years, they have you know like they optimize their accounts and. Um, their strategies are probably kicking in. So you are like a newcomer um, that, you know, like you need to kind of earn your place on the mm. top positions rather than just like, yeah, I'm just going to pay like 30, 30 bucks per click. Sometimes it's like what you have to do. That's interesting. So it's almost like a, a marketing strategy within the Google <laughs> Ads ecosystem. You've got to find your USPs against your fellow advertisers. Love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so we set the ad campaign up and we've pressed go and now the money starts flying in, right? <laughs> how long do we leave things running before making any tweaks? And how do we know when something's working? And how do we know when something isn't working? Um, well, I guess that really depends on the account. Um, sometimes tweaks are necessary after a day. Um, new campaigns usually require daily monitoring, so it will just, again, really depend on the actual campaign. Generally speaking, though, the more data that we collect, the faster we can make actual informed decisions on potential changes. And that usually takes between three weeks to a month, um, just to kind of gather the amount of data that we need. And again, it also depends on the actual business that we are advertising on. So, for example, if we have um, an e-commerce shop um, and a client, we we can see their customers' purchase purchasing habits, um, their and how they're changing throughout the month. So sometimes with campaigns like that, it's better to optimize it on a monthly basis rather than daily or weekly basis. It kind of gives you a clearer picture of stuff. Okay, uh, and what sort of what sort of insight are we looking for as we're having a look at uh, the campaign sort of get live and, and start bringing in traffic? V? Well, there are a lot of different things that go into it. So one would be the search terms that people are doing. So what people are searching for are our um, search terms that we're bidding for relevant um, the traffic quality as well. So are we getting a lot of traffic, but not many conversions? So that would mean that something is wrong there. Um, we'll also be looking at the conversions that we're getting. Um, and yeah, all sorts of KPIs like the cost per click, for example, the CTR percentage. If the CTR is high, then yes, we are targeting the correct terms however if the conversions are low then we're not doing something right mm. and we need to change something either the you know um call to action the actual message for the ads and everything else so that really depends and with something like looking at click-through rate and conversion rate so for those who aren't like up on what CTR means. So click through, right? This is the percentage of people that are clicking on the ad that have seen the ad, right? So if you've got an ad that's running, which has a really high click through rate, that would imply that people are interested in what the ad is selling. So lots of them are clicking on it. But if you've then got a low conversion rate, 
after that. So, you know, people, lots of people are clicking on it, but not many people are buying or becoming a lead. How can you begin to diagnose whether that's an ad problem, like the ad copy is saying, get free money now and everyone's clicking on it versus a website problem where the ads sound really good, but then they go on the website and they're like, this is horrendous. Like, how, how do we know where things are breaking down in the chain if they are breaking down? Um, well, usually we look at the bounce rate metrics and then it will be a lot easier to install a heat map from Hotjar or just some sort of recordings. So then we can track what people are actually doing on the site. So they'll come for an ad that would be very well optimized. And then if they land on a landing page or a website that doesn't necessarily portray what they're looking for, they're not really going to buy. So when we <clears throat> have a recording of them seeing what they're doing on the site, see where something goes wrong, then we'll be able to say, okay, there's a missing call to action button, for example, on the site, or it's not clear enough. Um, or maybe if if um, people are looking, as Ming said in the previous example, for dog food, but they land on a um, very informational site mm -hmm. rather than buying, um, then yeah, there's a problem with the actual site and then we can go and action this rather than tweaking the ads further and making something wrong. <laughs> So what would be some of the things that we've done during those campaigns to bring those CPAs down? Um, so the first thing to do is to do bid strategy testing. So we can see which um, automated bidding um, strategy that could work really well with particular campaigns. Because, uh, you know, some campaigns benefit more than others, like maximize clicks can work better or... Um, conversion could work better it's just doing that um test so another thing is to um, review locations devices products performance and ad copies just to narrow everything down and increase focus on the ones that bring in the most conversions you can definitely be a lot more ruthless um with this and get that detailing in just to make sure you are squeezing all of that um conversion out <laughs> Um, and another one is we have discussed previously, um, but it's worth reiterating, can't say that one, but it's worth reiterating, <laughs> is to review heat maps and UX to see what website user experience is like. If people are doing what um, we want them to be doing on the website, you know, if the website is doing the job they're supposed to do. Okay, got it. So we, we've, we've kind of looked at the data that's coming in and, and what like what sort of typical optimizations would you actually like what would you actually be doing in the account at this stage after after collecting this data is it things like you know um bid adjustments and negative keywords and that type of thing yeah um definitely negative keywords are something very necessary um for us that we do um these basically uh, may, we make sure by adding those that we're not going to be showing the ads for unnecessary searches or people who would not really be interested. So if it's dog food, again, I don't know why we're getting <laughs> Just on everyone's mind at the moment. Um, so if it's dog food purchases or specific like salmon flavored dog food, then people would be looking to buy salmon flavored dog food and we're not going to be um adding search terms like how would salmon dog food help my dog um feel better you know so we would in this case exclude the how to 
so that we don't show up for informational stuff if we want to sell the actual product. Um, so that would be something definitely that we'll be looking at. Another thing that um, is really good to look at is the device and location and also times of day based adjustments. Um, so for example, time of day, if we see that an ad is taking a lot of the conversions from let's say a certain amount of 11 a.m. until 12 p.m. or something like that, then we'll know that this is where the most active people are. Maybe we can put some more of the bidding into it. Um, location kind of works the same. So if we have a client that's targeting nationwide, uh, but then we see that most of the purchases are coming from different cities. So let's say they're targeting the whole of the UK, but we see that a lot of purchases or conversions in general coming from London and Birmingham and Nottingham and whatever, then we know that instead of wasting away a budget for the whole country, we can just concentrate on different areas um, and just optimize the campaigns a little bit better. So, so these are the sort of things that we'll look at. So you're not so with that location thing there, that, that wouldn't necessarily only apply to a local focused business, would it? Like, what you're saying there is if you had a site that an e-com site that was selling dog food and you noticed that there was variants with different geographies and one different geography was performing well you're saying that you'd actually put positive bid adjustment or negative bid adjustment on others to to get more traffic from that area even though it's not a local business yeah cool so you're just looking for any winners across device location interest keywords yep. you're just looking for any kind of pockets of winners that you can put more budget behind uh yeah and just optimize those and then looking at what they and how they are optimized to kind of try and push the other areas so whatever it is that we're trying to kind of achieve like push other products for example if we see that um salmon based dog food is selling better than um chicken then you know we're gonna gonna try and optimize the chicken one as well as the salmon one to make it like a bestseller. Got it, got it. Um, how does all of this change with, uh, you know, the, the the machine learning and the the AI targeting options in Google? Like, how long does do we need to give those tools to to come to up learn. with with optimizations? Um. Well. Again, that would depend on the changes that we make. Uh, for major changes, it does take a little bit more for the AI to learn. Um, generally, I would say about three-ish weeks, maybe some between about two and three weeks um, is, in my opinion, um, to get the machine learning to, to have time to learn the new optimizations that we've created. So, yeah, probably okay. about three weeks will be best. Cool. Um, I, I wanted to go back to this question about landing pages, because often what appears to be a, a PPC question ends up actually being a, PP, a, a landing page question, um, particularly if the website hasn't performed well previously. Uh, one of the reasons that we kind of do the PPC reviews before taking on new campaigns so, so that we can have a look and see where we think the breakdown might be. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys again, like, how do you know if a landing page needs tweaking? And V mentioned their hot jar and, and heat maps, like what sort of tools do people have at their disposal other than, hey, it's just not working 
on any channel or, or we're not getting the conversion rate that we want on any channel? How, how do we actually know that it's the landing page that's breaking down? Uh, definitely, it was, you would see from the click-through rate um, of the ads and such, if they're performing well, then uh, you are clicking on the ads and things and no conversion, like we mentioned before, you know that there is something wrong. But one thing for sure is that you should never, um, you know, advertise landing page that, that's going to not um, convert as well, because that, that just means like you're just throwing all your money away mm. for nothing. Um, so... Uh, so the indicator definitely would be the bounce rate. Um, if you see that, you know, especially with well, most of the campaigns, unless it's a blog post, um, you, people usually would just go on different pages. And if, you know that if they just spend time there for like a second and then just leave, then that must mean there is something wrong, whether it, the content is not relevant to them or, um, you know, it doesn't match what they're seeing on the ads and such. Um, and if they're not clicking onto other pages, why is that the case? Is the, is the navigation not clear enough or um, are other um, buttons and things not clear enough for people to check out other pages. So um, definitely would need a lot more in-depth um, page analysis and Hotjar is definitely one thing that like very effective because it literally records what people are doing um, on your page. So, um, so I'm going to be horrendous now and ask you for some ballpark numbers on bounce rate because one of the things that we notice is that PPC bounce rate can be higher than organic but it can still have a significant ROI because the traffic is, is is so well qualified despite having a high bounce rate. So um if it's possible, let's let's take an e-com site and let's say it's like a a B2C e-commerce site, what sort of bounce rate would be flashing a big red flag at you that says there's something about this site that's you know really assuming that the ad is relevant and the search term and all that stuff is good what sort of bounce rate starts to be a red flag to you where you're like hmm, something's going wrong here so i think it also depends on the type of the campaign because um from search and shopping campaigns the bounce rates tend to be a lower um so let's say i would say about 60 to 65% is kind of a normal bounce rate for um, search and shopping campaigns. And you have display campaigns or video campaigns that usually brings traffic to your site and have um, these tend to have a higher bounce rate. So it's normal to actually see bounce rate around 80% um, from these particular campaigns. Um, but yeah, these, these would like if there is anything higher than that, then you probably start looking like, okay, what's going on? And typically, if it's um, an e-commerce um, website and you're seeing a high bounce rate, I would probably say just do a price research because uh, like often it might happen that people come to your site and they're like, oh, well, that's too expensive. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I saw the exact same product on a different website for 10 pounds cheaper. So uh, sometimes even a pound cheaper can make a lot of difference, you know, like in terms of conversion. It's like... Yeah, people are always looking for the best bargain and they do a lot of research now before they buy. Well, it's a good question. I suppose that's one of the biggest challenges for businesses that are selling a product that other, you know, other competitor sites are selling and they don't necessarily have an inherent price advantage because maybe they don't have the scale or the buying power that their larger competitors might have. So I suppose in that case, it's about making a case on that landing page for 
other things like any free gifts with purchase or any favorable delivery terms or i suppose there's other kind of components in there but you do have to be able to justify a higher price don't you because the Mm -hmm. the customer isn't going to say yeah but they're probably not getting as favorable buying terms from the distributor so of course (laughs) i'm just going to pay a little bit more for this identical product is there ever a way that you can outmarket something as serious as a price disadvantage like different offers would really work um different offers you know get free delivery option because um one of our clients that are, that actually is very expensive um, for what they're offering but they're doing actually fairly okay because you know they um they can pinpoint the things that their audience are looking for mm. let's say um i think it was a organic web um shop so they gotta have like different things to pinpoint they have something like say we plant a tree every time you order something you know uh recycle packaging and all that anything that you think your audience will love Mm. um you know that your business is doing even if it doesn't mean that your price is cheaper that could be very attractive to what people Mm. looking for got it got it cool um all right so the survey then um the main metric that we kind of measure and target internally at exposure ninja is the cost per acquisition or like cost per sale or cost per lead or whatever so we set the ppc team a task then we find out how much on average the profitability of a ppc campaign improves each quarter when professionally managed so I think we track the performance of five e-commerce and five lead gen campaigns over three quarters to see what happened to this CPA as the campaigns went through the optimization process that, that you've just kind of outlined. Broadly speaking, what did we find in the, in the survey? Um, so the conversions increased significantly in quarter two and then even more in quarter three. Um, CPA as well. So obviously, if the conversions decrease, the cost per conversion decreased in quarter two and even more in quarter three. And that also means that return on investment increased in quarter two and in quarter three. So the quarter, the first quarter really is about the setup, is about the data, even <laughs> data gathering, where you um, understand your customers, you see um, what you're searching for. You understand their habits, especially when it's an e-commerce website, because sometimes you can see more sales happening towards beginning of um, end of the month. And some particular websites might see more sales middle of the month. So it's important to understand your customers as well um, uh, as what they search for and then uh, optimize your campaigns based on data collected rather than, oh, I think this is going to work well for me. So it always makes the decision based on data and on quality data as well. I mean, that's it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think people are used to, you know, a, t- a timeline for SEO to take effect. And, and whilst obviously PPC, the ads are live much quicker, what we're saying is that the performance of the campaigns wasn't optimal even six months in and that actually profitability was continuing to improve even nine months into managing the campaign and you're still bringing that cost per acquisition down yeah yeah like you can um you can do it like if you have really good optimized campaigns um you still can optimize it more and more every month so for example we've had one business that sells food packaging and they started off um with the cpa which was uh, quite good 24 pounds for for their business 
Um, but in quarter two, this decreased to 17 pounds. In quarter three, um, this was brought down to five five pounds 73. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a huge difference, you know. So the uh, cost per acquisition decreased in uh, nine months in by 76%. And the sales increased by 10, like 10 times more. Wow. Um, so from yeah. 24 pounds in Q1... 17 pounds q2 573 in q3 so that's not even like let's just continue the ramp that's like cpa plummeting right that's Mm -hmm. huge yeah because you're making this decision based on data so you Mm. have you know like and especially when you get to know this campaign really well you know what is working and you can like we say like be ruthless um but push what what works the best and mm. obviously if you combine this with um smart bidding strategies that google has available i think um you can definitely get there um another example would be um a campaign that we started last year so the cost per acquisition was 80 81 pounds at the beginning uh, in quarter one so it we brought it down to 65 in quarter two and down to 40 in quarter three. Um, so again, so reducing the cost per lead by more than 50%. So when they started with us, their cost per acquisition, this was a takeover actually. So they were already running um, this campaign uh, for a long time um, and their cost per acquisition was 80. And then um, we took over and made some changes um, and we brought it down to 40, which I think is amazing. And, you know, it's not just that we decreased the cost per acquisition, but because the budget remained the same, we increased the numbers of leads that they received. So we went from 440 leads per month to 1,500. Um, so that's another amazing result. What were, you know, I love extreme, crazy. <laughs> what was the most ridiculous results that you found in the study (laughs) yeah there was one um, client that went from quarter one cost per acquisition which was 186 pounds 42 and um increased to nine pounds in quarter two (laughs) (laughs) and um in quarter three it fell by another 30 percent to six pounds 14 so that was amazing okay so well that one's kind of interesting then because from 186 pounds i think you said to to nine pounds in the first between q1 and q2 so obviously that one did see a massive drop in 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 Q1, and yes, it saw another drop to six pounds in Q3, but you know, it dropped CPA by like 95% in the first quarter. So, what what sort of conditions would have to be present for that sort of result to to happen? Because that is absurd. Yeah. So, um, you definitely have to have a good website and offer. Um, so. You know, you 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 need <laughs> present your unique selling points well. So when people come onto your website, um, you you know, like they they best straight away. Because one of the things you need to understand as well that um, which was something I I wanted to <laughs> touch based upon is that people might not always buy from you on the very first visit. So mm. what might happen is that they come to your website through PPC. They 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 look around. They're like, okay, yeah, um, shortlist your website, and then they go perhaps away but then they might return direct or, or directly or organically or via a totally different channel um and then you will be thinking like my ppc isn't working but like no it is because the, the, the 
customers actually discovered you thanks to PPC. Um, so it's one of the things to also really understand the user journey. But um, if you are seeing that, okay, so my customers are discovering me through PPC, but they are not converting on the very first visit, on the very first touch points, what we can do to make them convert on the very first touch point. Um, I think that would be a question that I would ask, you know, like, okay, so so we see that they're coming back, but why are they leaving? Why are they coming back? So I think this should be addressed, you know, on the landing pages or product pages even, just to make sure that they are capable or like, you know, <laughs> they are capable to make the decision right away. Mm. Like, oh, yes, I need this and I don't need to um, shop anywhere else. I don't need to go anywhere else because I know this is the best I'm going to get. That's a very good point. Quite a lot of uh, conversion optimization is allowing people to kind of mentally check off that task that they've had in their mind. But, you know, particularly important for service companies, isn't it? Like if my wife's nagging me to 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 finally sort out this thing, and I just want to go on a website and be able to mentally check it off and say, "Yeah, babe, I've I've you know I've contacted someone and and that's done," and then I'm not shopping around. I'm not you know they're not even having to compete in a shortlist because i've i feel like i've taken an action which gets me closer to my goal of um yeah being left in peace <laughs> <laughs> um, what what other tips do we have for listeners and viewers that are running google ads and maybe some are frustrated with their performance what can we give them that's going to help them improve the performance of their campaigns um, again, I would just stress what the girls already said. Just make sure that um, your landing pages are optimized. Um, you know, make sure that your offer is appealing and there is a clear, um, unique selling points. Um, and sure you're tracking your conversions as well, because that's important. Because you know, um, and also understand your customer journey, like we just said. Yeah, you might be sitting there and thinking like, oh, all of my conversions are coming from organic or direct or email. But, you know, you might find out that customers are actually signing up for your emails and then they're converting when you send them the email. You know, so it is important to understand how the users are interacting with your site when they come to your site from PPC. And also one of very important things to mention is to don't under underestimate your budget because um, I know that it's very scary to be like, right, okay, I'm going to spend, like especially now when your campaigns are perhaps not delivering the results you might want. And like if I tell you like, okay, you just need to invest more, you'll be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, generally but with investment, that's not the way it works, is it? Like, oh, I'm getting a really bad ROI. Let's just crank things up a little bit. I can understand how that's scary. I think we might have yeah. had this conversation once or twice with the Explosion Ninja campaign, Lenka. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, I always persuaded you that basically we need to spend more um, because uh, it, I know it sounds crazy, but... Um, you will get more traffic onto your website. You'll be able to optimize it more and um, in you will be able to get the return much faster. So we often see the clients that actually spend more um, get faster results than the clients that spend less. Um, so, you know, in reality, it's actually more cost effective mm -hmm. to spend more because you will get um, the return much faster and um, your return will be greater. Yeah, I mean, it... it it makes sense, doesn't it? And it, it, you're right, it's a very logical argument. It's, um, I, I suppose there's a, there is a cutoff point, you know, you don't want to, 
could take out a you know 200k bounce back loan and just dump it all into ppc right. so you haven't been getting the roi that you wanted with 10 pounds a day for the first two weeks but um you do need to particularly if there's any like algorithmic audience targeting involved there is a certain amount of data that needs that needs to feed that beast isn't there before it's going to work and it was i guess the same with human optimization if you're trying to improve the performance of a campaign that's you know getting 50 clicks a day well you've got to be realistic about how many conversions you're actually going to get for that and how how fast you're going to be able to make those changes yeah exactly and one of the things i would also recommend is to perhaps ask someone else um, who has a ppc experience to look at your account because you might have experience you know you're running your campaigns for a long time but i personally find that uh, this is what I love about working in an agency is that we've got like so many great ninjas here and we can always like bounce ideas from each other and like just having this another pair of eyes. Oh, yeah, you probably could try this. You or like everybody has a different experience. So, mm. you know, uh, you could probably try this. I tried this on a different account and it really worked well for me. Um, or I had a similar situation before. So, you know, just. I think bouncing the ideas up from, from somebody else, just having the another pair of eyes on the campaign might be really, really helpful. Because, you know, you might be looking at the thing like forever and you'll be like, ah, just don't know what to change. But then mm -hmm. somebody else comes like from a fresh perspective and they're like, they just say something so obvious and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a very good point. And it's also one of the, you know, we often get, um, clients asking, you know, oh, do you have any other businesses in our space? Because we really want that kind of um, that industry insider knowledge. And whilst there's a huge amount of value in insider knowledge, there's also a huge amount of value in outsider knowledge. And like you say, lessons that you could take from a maybe a completely unrelated campaign in an unrelated market. But actually, if that strategy has not been seen in this space before, or if that if it's a self-managed campaign, I'm thinking of one guy, I don't know if you'll know who it is, but running his own campaign for many, many years, maybe over 10 years, and he had it really finely tuned. And his insider knowledge, we were never going to be able to compete with that. But the way that we we're able to get improvement on CPA was by actually you're saying well, this insider knowledge is great let's try some other stuff that has worked elsewhere so i think there is yeah like you say there's as much value sometimes in outsider knowledge as insider knowledge yeah definitely awesome so ladies this has been amazing i love talking to ppc ninjas you have the amazing balance of technical geekery with common sense and i love it um what can listeners or viewers do if they want you and your fellow PPC ninjas to review their PPC campaign. They can ask for well, They will just need to go to exposureninja.com forward slash review and then we'll be on their case. <laughs> <laughs> In the best possible way, yeah. So we'll do the review for you and you can send us your Google ad ID and then we'll do a free analysis of your campaign. It's amazing. It's really good to see where the low-hanging fruit might exist in your campaign. And of course, we can discuss um, getting that thing optimized and improved for you if necessary. Thanks, team. Really appreciate it. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs>